Kiss My Girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. A look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls! Good morning. Happy Sunday, Con. And Good morning, beautiful. Happy Wife Appreciation Day. Ah, Wife today. Appreciation Day. You are my second wife. So. <laughs> my sister well, wife. Yeah, my sister wife. Not my. I don't have a first wife. <laughs> happy, happy Wifey Day, Wifey. Yeah, you too, Wifey. Con, today, lots to get through. It's going to be a great show. A star has come out and caused a massive controversy about her comments that she made about having a C-section. When will stars learn? (laughs) (laughs) We've got some pretty weird housemate stories that have come up and we've got, me and Annalise have obviously got weird housemate stories to share because everything that we've ever done is weird. And... um, And also, Con, next we have the psychologist, author and parenting expert, Dr. Michael Cargreg. For our weekly free therapy. Oh, and advice. It's what we live for. It's why we do this show. It's why we're here. The Queen Sesh. Our next guest, we're very excited. He's a psychologist. He's an author of 10 books, including the highly successful The Princess Bitchface Syndrome 2.0. He's a parenting expert Welcome to the Queen Sesh, Dr. Michael Cargreg. Hi, Michael. G'day, how are you? I'm good, how are you? thank you. Terrific, thank you. So we're wanting to chat to you today about your latest book, The Prince Boofhead Syndrome. I love that title. Thank you. (laughs) And what prompted you to write this book? Tell us a bit about it. Oh, well, look, it, it all happened because... I was waiting outside my kid's school one day, waiting to pick him up for a medical appointment in the middle of the day. And this SUV pulled up behind me. A woman jumped out and she pulled out a phone, she texts someone. And about five minutes later, this little kid runs across the road. And I'm sitting there and I don't normally kind of like sticky beak, but I couldn't help hearing the conversation. Mm-hmm. And she said, here's your book, Simon. Um, I did tell you to check your bag before you left for school. And um, I've had to cancel an appointment to bring it to you. Boy looks at the book, says, that's the wrong one, you stupid hag. <laughs> you are bloody hopeless. Aww. And he basically walks back across the road. The woman looks at me, I think recognises me. She's not having a good day. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, Simon's been under a lot of pressure lately. Aww. And I'm thinking, I don't care how much pressure Simon's been under. <laughs> it's never okay to talk to your mum like that. And that's totally. the genesis of the book. Great. I love it. I love it because my kids are mean to me too. When you started that story, I was thinking, Jesus, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so in, in the book, you talk about the balance of nurturing and sort of letting them have it too easy. How, how do we get it right? Because... You know, you, you don't want to just, like, you want to be there, of course. And obviously as mums and mums of boys, you just want to wrap them up in cotton wool because they're your little love kings. But, yeah, <laughs> where, where, do, where are we going wrong? 
Well, you're not doing any, any favours doing that, unfortunately, oh. because um, Simon's mum should have let him face the consequences of not packing his bag properly. Mm-hmm. And that way, next time it comes around, he'd probably think again. This way, he grows up learning that mum will always come and rescue me. She'll be my helicopter gunship parent and she'll just swoop in and rescue me every time things don't go okay. And of course, that's not how life works. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you're going to get a bunch of kids who, I've got to be honest with you, end up lazy, self-absorbed, disrespectful, ungracious, and actually quite contemptuous of their mums and dads. Mm. And what what I think's happened in Australia is there is a subsection of boys who are a little bit like Simon. Life is one giant personalised all singing or dancing 24-7 catering service. And these kids basically won't be able to survive in the real world because they'll be rudderless and disconnected and bitter and resentful because no one will ever treat them as My well as did. their mum did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, Michael, on, on a personal note, my boyfriend has the most amazing mother on earth. Shout out to Jeannie. She irons sheets. She <laughs> is the woman I will never live up to being, but I'm not expected to live up to being that because nobody expects me to be anything more than I am. But my boyfriend has been ruined by her. He's like, can you do this? Can you do that? Jeannie does it. <laughs> <laughs> But Jeannie is an enigma. No one else is ever going to be as good as Jeannie. <laughs> and, and I'm you totally so on your side about with that. What's so beautiful about that is you've exemplified this is setting <laughs> these boys up for a really <laughs> tricky uh, relationship later on in life. And yeah. the thing that really worries me is if Simon's got it in his head that it's okay to speak to his mum that way, how do you reckon he might speak to the other women in his life? Yes. And I just, that's problematic for me. So the message I've got in the book is never do anything for your son that he can do for himself, number one. Wow. Two, please stop worshipping at the altar of his self-esteem and his happiness oh, because okay. frequently that ends... I hope you're listening. I am, I am. Good. <laughs> and this way you're going to raise civilised, polite, well-mannered young men. Stop mm. bubble-wrapping them, allow mm. them to experience adversity and use intelligent, authoritative parenting, which is what we talk about in the book. Yes. Can you, can you so give us some can, examples of this intelligent, authoritative parenting? So if okay. Some, okay, so if a five-year-old says, Mum, can you please get me a glass of water nicely, being five, he could technically go and get it. Would you say, no, you can pop up and get it, love? Is that sort of... Depends. It depends on the context. Okay. If the kid's chronically ill and lying in bed, oh. then obviously you're going to get it for him. Get okay? up. Oh, okay. <laughs> if right. the kid basically has just come from home from uh, school and is, you know, like experiencing all the anxiety and um, excitement of school, then you'd probably get it for him because mm-hmm. you'd kind of be nurturing and supportive. But if he's 15 and he's lying on a couch <laughs> and he's playing Xbox <laughs> and he yells at you, get me some water, get stuffed, get it yourself, <laughs> you lazy kid. So uh, it, it's context-driven. What is happening at the moment, I think, is we've got a bunch of boys, just a small segment, who've never been challenged, 
never have any consequences for poor choices and mums and dads are hesitant to set limits and boundaries for them because they say, oh, look, I just want to be his best friend. I vomit when I hear that <laughs> because... Me too, Michael. As a psychologist... Oh, good. No. God bless you. Um, uh, because as, as a psychologist, I simply have never met a 15-year-old that wants a 45-year-old friend. <laughs> you need to That's be... That's really creepy. You, it is. It is. It's like Lindsay Lohan parenting. It's kind of <laughs> not okay. So what I want is for parents to set limits and boundaries over things that matter and to expect respect, to, to mm. call it the very first time your kid says to you, go forth and get multiplied, you need to be saying to him, wait a minute, that is so not okay what you've just said to me. And next time you say that, this, this and this will happen. And you've got to and, follow through know, with those threats, don't you, Michael? Because my problem is I'm a threatener <laughs> and not a follow-througher. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's weak-willed parenting. Can't have that. You've <laughs> yeah. got to follow through. You've got to say what you mean and mean what you say. An example is, I love this, in my own home, we had... And uh, a random Wi-Fi password generator every day, new password. So the boys would come down for breakfast, be signed on the fridge, says, morning, boys, do you want today's Wi-Fi password? Make your bed, oh. take out the trash, oh. pick up the dog poo, and then you can have it. And wow. every day it was a new thing. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, because so beautiful. Wi-Fi absolutely will make teenagers do stuff. 100%. Oh, totally. yeah, electronic <laughs> stuff will. It's all about Wi-Fi you know, and yeah. data. Take away Destiny 2. And it's like, oh, seriously? You cannot be serious. That's the worst thing you can do in the world. But sometimes you just have to uh, use the leverage that you've got. And I don't think enough parents are doing it. Mm. Can I just clear something up? My partner doesn't speak to me the way that kid spoke to his mum. <laughs> Um, or his mum. So Thank when I goodness. said that reminds me of my husband, my partner. Not 100%, but I have a little boy, a little five-year-old, who definitely needs some of this because he slipped under the radar. The girls are all making their own beds and getting themselves glasses of water and stuff. And little Arlo, because he's a man, there's something pathetic about him that makes me feel like I need to help. Mm. No, you see, that's learned helpless. That's very clever of the five-year-old. Yes. You know, to look learned pathetic and get help. <laughs> There's a story in the book, if I could just tell you, Please. about a boy called Ethan Couch. He's um, a 16-year-old. And I love this story because it exemplifies what will happen to your five-year-old if you do not do what I, what I say. This 16-year-old goes into a Walmart in Texas, steals two cases of beer, hops in his car with seven mates. They drink the beer. He's now three times over the legal limit, drives down the road, oh. kills four people on the side of the road. Oh, no. The prosecution want 20 years in jail. The parents hire a psychologist who say to the judge, no, no, you can't do that to Ethan. He's suffering from affluenza. He's so spoiled. He's so indulged. He doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. The oh. judge buys it. Wow. And gives him probation. Two years later, he breaks probation, goes to mummy and says, mummy, I've broken probation. I'm in real trouble. Never mind, darling Ethan. We will run away. We will go to New oh Mexico. My oh, my and God. That, and finally, he actually gets caught and goes to jail. But the Ethan Couch story is what we will have a nation of if mm. we don't do something about this type of parenting of boys. Okay. Wow. Hey, can we train men the way we're training boys? Or is it like an age limit where it's cut off? No, no, no. You, you, you see, we teach people how to treat us. So you can start the lessons at any age whatsoever. You just mm. have to be firm, consistent, and mm. do not flinch. 
You just stick wow. to your guns. I love that, Michael. My psychologist said the same thing once to me. She said that men are like two-year-olds and if you let them get away with having a little tantrum and keep giving them what they want, then they'll just do it to you over and over and over again. So I like that do Smart. not flinch. It makes you feel strong. No, that's good. That's a smart psychologist. One of the things that we talk about in the book is the latest research on brain development. So girls' brains, their frontal cortex, all done and dusted by 23. Boys, on a good day with a wind behind you, 27. Okay? And that's why I've been the agony uncle for Girlfriend magazine for about 15 years. And the girls write to me (laughs) for the last 15 years saying, why boys so immature? Well, duh. I've got to tell you, it's all about brains. Oh, poor girls having to deal with boys. Yeah, and then they grow up and become husbands. I know. I know. (laughs) So, Michael, we do have, um, we do like to finish the show uh, each week on what we call Queen Vice, which is advice for queens. And we would love you to answer this question from Queen Anon, who's written to us on our Facebook page. It actually kind of reminds me of what you were talking about earlier in the show. So I'm interested to hear your response. She says, my teenage son finds me annoying. He bonds with my husband about sport and sort of they connect on that level. But all I get is grunting. How do I maintain my bond without being annoying? I feel like I've lost my affectionate, sweet little boy. (laughs) Sorry, as a mother with only sons, this this scares me. So in in that situation, what what should she do? How do do mums connect with their teenage sons? We don't know how old he is, but I suspect he's around about middle adolescence. Yeah, grunting. Yeah. So what you have to do is recognize that for a period of time, maybe 57 months, you are going to be psychologically obsolete. (gasps) You're not actually going to cut the mustard in Mm. terms of being relevant to this kid, but Mm. they, they mature. And what you have to recognize is that by the time they've matured and if you've sort of held your ground, they'll suddenly one day come up to you at breakfast, kiss you on the cheek and ask you what you'd like to have for breakfast. Aww. Okay. Aww. So it's weighed Michael, it out. Yeah, and, it, and they come back. That's, I've actually found this chat with you today really interesting, Michael. Good. Oh. It's been a pleasure, ladies. Thank it's you just so been much. an absolute pleasure. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you. And so it's the Prince Buffhead Syndrome. Uh, mothers of sons or anyone you know with sons, um, buy it for them. Let's all read it. I will absolutely be buying it for myself and my husband and yeah, um, me using too. it as a guide for the next 10 years <laughs> and beyond. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michael. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. Bye. This is the Queen Sesh. On recently, the US comedian Jimmy Fallon, he started this... I love. Oh, so funny. I know. He started the hashtag weird roommates, telling (laughs) about a housemate that wouldn't share toilet paper because of the phobia of germs. (laughs) And so many people shared their funny stories and it reminded me of... Now, he wasn't technically a housemate, but do you remember when we were living... I don't even know if you were technically living there, but you pretty much stayed there every night. Actually, technically never paid any rent there, <laughs> but I did live there. So, yeah, okay. call it what you will, Annalise. <laughs> <laughs> so 
we were our illegal border. Um, I was not. Do you remember Hey Dad? Oh, I don't think we can talk about Hey Dad anymore. <laughs> I was not. Okay, off off some show. Was That's right. So when we were living um, kind of together in South Melbourne, and we had the house where they'd. It was like two apartments, one on top of each, of each other, but it used to be one house. So there was no noise proofing whatsoever. And we had this guy living above us, which who we called Hermes. Because, who Annalise called Hermes. Yeah, I did. Because he never left the house except maybe to go <laughs> shopping. And the only he never had any friends over. And so we nicknamed him Hermes. But we Annalise nicknamed him. <laughs> But we could hear everything. Like I remember going to sleep at night and like I'd hear him get up and his footsteps would be plodding to the toilet and then I'd hear him coming back and then I'd hear him like get into bed and cough. You would literally have to hold your farts in because oh. you knew he could hear them. The weirdest part about the whole Hermes story mm. was actually you because mm. there was nothing really that weird about him but you <laughs> developed this subplot for everyone that you meet and you're like, and I, I think he might be like a closet homosexual. I might talk to him about it because mm. he's definitely not come out yet but I want him to feel comfortable around us and you honestly had, you'd never spoken to him and you had this <laughs> full on life and you're like, oh, poor Hermes, mum's come to stay with him this week. You can tell she drains him <laughs> and I thought you were losing your mind a little bit <laughs> so maybe yeah. in another world somewhere Hermes got his own radio station and he's going talking about weird roommates oh and the stories that he could tell and the noises that he heard yes Let's thank you not go there <laughs> Me and Annalise were just chatting about weird housemates. We've all had one. Mm -hmm. Annalise's was particularly weird. Annalise was the weird housemate. (laughs) (laughs) And now some people have called up with their unusual stories. We've got Chelsea from Adelaide. Welcome. Welcome, Chelsea. Hello. Back in my glory days, I had this little flat and it was a bit of a party palace, I guess. Mm. So I had a girl living with me. I got her out of a pretty icky relationship and so it was cool for that she was living with me. Everything was fine until I brought home a guy and she decided to open up all the doors, like her bedroom doors open, my bedroom door creeped open. I thought, okay, she's not giving me any privacy. It was a bit weird, I thought. She wanted to listen. <laughs> Yes, the roof Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't really blame her, but I wouldn't have gone to the <laughs> effort of opening <laughs> I, I guess it just didn't occur to me to share at that time. But okay. Yes. That, was that the only time that she opened doors when you brought men home or was there other It times? was a couple of times. Oh. It was a couple of times. And I just wow. thought it was a bit weird. Like the first time, okay, but the second time, all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into it. No, that's, no I wasn't into it. That's, <laughs> no. That's, that's creepy. You've got enough time with kids. When you when you have kids, they open everybody door and don't give you any alone time. You don't need your flatmates doing it. Bloody hell! Oh, thank you, Chelsea. What and a creep. we have Jasmine from Melbourne. What? Who was your hashtag weird roommate? Well, I won't say her name, but I was living with a woman, and I went away for Christmas, and then I came back on you know a couple of days later, and she'd gone away with her friends, and I was home for a day or two, and I started to smell like like a dead mouse smell in the kitchen. And I was like looking under the fridge and I couldn't find it. And then eventually I opened the oven and there was a roast chicken that had been in there for days. And it was the foulest thing I've ever seen in my life and smelled. (laughs) I reeled back gagging and slammed the door. And then I (laughs) called her and I was vegetarian. I still am. Not that it's not gross if you're not a vegetarian. It's still foul. 
Yeah, and um, that made me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it was like powdery. It was super foul. It was so far gone. What did she so, say? Yeah, Why I called, did she do Well, it? I called her up and she was like, sorry, you'll just have to deal with it. And I was like, um, I think come back home and you deal with it. She just wouldn't have a bar of it. And I was like, oh, my God. And I had to be like a proper grown up and deal with it myself. I was about 21. Did um, you have a dad you so, could call? <laughs> no, Such I had nobody. Job. There was no oh. grown up. I, I had really to be hate the grown that. Up. I hate it when you have to just man up, like, or woman up, I should say. It's awful. Woman up, exactly. And I opened it up and grabbed it and chucked it in the outside bin, pan and all, and that was, it was, it was yeah, and gagging. It was definitely a pan type oh. of throwaway moment, it I was, think. 100%. It really was. And was, it, was, it was powdery. Is that what you're saying? It was powder. There was powder. It was <laughs> like smoking in the air powder. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> Poor old Kate Hudson. <laughs> she's come out in uh, Cosmopolitan. She's on the cover. She looks amazing. But she did those, you know, those fun little questionnaires that sometimes they give to stars where it's like, you know, my favourite food is dot, dot, dot. And one of the questions was, what is the laziest thing I've ever done? And she wrote, have a C-section. <sighs> Okay, now I am going to be a bit of a devil's advocate here and okay. stick up for Kate because yep. I had a C-section myself and it was really hard and I definitely think that um, giving birth without drugs is is the hardest for mm. me, but giving birth with um, an epidural was easier than a C-section. Mm. So I totally get why a lot of people get got really angry and upset about it, but I also think she's referring to herself and maybe she thought it was going to be uh, the easy option and she thought it was going to be the lazy thing to do. So she made the decision as a lazy decision. She made that decision to be lazy. And then she might have found that it actually wasn't because it's not as fun as you think it's going to be. And she may, or she may have actually found it really, really easy and found that it was the easy way out. And, you know, for her, it's different for everybody. So I think that if she was referring to another woman and saying that was a lazy decision, then absolutely that's really uncalled for. But she was referring to herself and I think we should be allowed to talk about ourselves and our experiences without offending other people. So, much. Yeah. There's a, an interview that she's previously done where she did talk about a C-section. She said it was such a pain in the butt to get to the hospital because she was being stalked by photographers. So she said, I'm not going home. I just don't want to do this again. Let's just have a C-section. So it's almost like a decision that she's made because she didn't want to wait to go into labour because she didn't want to get papped. So she just said, yeah. okay, let's just book it in. Let's do it. Yeah, you can also book in an induction, which is what I did with Arlo. Not that I was going to get papped, but <laughs> but I did just want to, you know, I was so anxious about going into labour and I kept thinking I was going to have a baby in a car, you know, like yeah. the internet scares us because we see so much stuff every day that we end up thinking that's going to happen to us. Yeah. So yeah, you can, there are ways of getting, if anyone out there is thinking, oh yeah, I might have a C-section because I need a date plan. You can do it without C-sections because C-sections to me are actually like, I thought it was going to be great, you know, I thought mm-hmm. I was going to get some great, like pain relief and everything was going to be fun but it was really quite scary yeah I couldn't feel anything at all I couldn't even feel myself breathe so I felt like I wasn't breathing I kept saying to the doctors I'm not breathing and they said you're breathing fine we can see your chest going up and down Mm. your oxygen levels are great I was like no no I'm not breathing and I 
Constance, you just can't feel yourself breathe. It's okay. So it's actually, it's like not a relaxing, woo, we're having a baby like you think it's going to be. It's no, really hard. And it's surgery and the, the lights. But the other thing as well, from what I've heard, is the recovery. It's yeah, like recovering recovery. from a severe car accident in terms of See, all the layers of skin. I personally muscle. didn't come, didn't think that at all. And really? I, um, hats off to any woman who did have such a struggle with their recovery. But yeah. I, I've had a breast reduction and I've also had a C-section and I found both of them to be fine. My, all the rest wow. of my body was fine. I know you're not supposed to drive and all that stuff mm. for like six weeks, but I could have if I chose to. You know, I had four kids, so I was looking after my four ch- children, even picking up Arlo, which I wasn't supposed to be doing. Yeah. But I just found it really, really easy to recover, but I hated the surgery. Okay. Well, there you mm. go. All right. Yeah, well, Kate Hudson, so, I think she said it in a bit of jest and She said it in jest. We do need to lighten up a little bit. It's yeah. a tricky It's a tricky topic because some people do, does, it does spark anger for some people. But yeah. that, to me, if it sparks anger in you, you should be looking at some unhealed wounds. I find I've met with a lot of women around the world and I find a lot of them have a lot of wounds from the way that they gave birth and they need to do a lot of healing. And I needed to do a lot of healing. Things don't go to plan and we do need to like heal ourselves. So if you're getting triggered by somebody else's way um, about that they're talking about themselves, then yeah, maybe have a look at if there is anything that you haven't quite dealt with yet. You're on the Queen Sesh. After the news, we'll be back and we're having a live clairvoyant reading. Con, brace I yourself. I am freaking out. Me too. That's my girl. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, You probably have heard of Constance Hall. She's the writer blogger, best-selling author. I am Annalise. You might not have. (laughs) I'm Annalise and I'm her best mate. We've been mates since we were five. Um, And this is the show for Queens by Queens. And Con, you've got uh, an interesting little shout-out up your sleeve for a bit I've decided to give my haters a shout-out today. I give all of my my queens so much love and I thought, you know, it's not fair. We've been neglecting them. And sometimes they're really bloody funny. Yeah. Like, they can be really funny. I actually think we'd get on if we met. Yeah. So we'll give them a little shout out. We've yep. also got, uh, oh, a psychic coming in. I know. So next we are having a clairvoyant and medium. You're pumped. I am Really, really nervous. Like, I'm scared. I'm pumped because if she says what I want to know, I'll take it on board. But if she says what I don't, I'll be like, psychics. (laughs) (laughs) The Queen Sesh. Last week, I was explaining to Annalise that a psychic came to me and told me some amazing information about things that are happening in my life. Now, I know that everybody knows everything about my life, so it wasn't like a wow factor, but... It was still really, it was a strange, bizarre event and it was uh, t- at a time when I needed that sort of reassurance. So it got me thinking and me and Annalise decided that we would get a psychic on the show. Of course. And we actually had Wendy Rosville Brooks contact us and she said that she wanted to do a reading for us and she is a world-renowned professional clairvoyant and medium. Welcome to the Queen Sesh, Wendy. Hello, Hello Wendy. How are you? Hi, ladies. How are you going? Thanks Hi, so much George. for having me. Love Have I both. detected a Kiwi accent, Wendy? Oh, come on. I've only <laughs> been in Australia 20 years, love. 
<laughs> I bloody love a kiwi. I feel it. I feel at ease already. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm That's nervous, cool. Wendy. I'm really nervous Aww. about this stuff. I don't know if you can Aww. pick up the vibes, but I'm feeling. <laughs> Wendy <laughs> already knows. <laughs> I'll go gentle with you, darling. Okay, okay. All right, Con's going to go first because I'm being okay, scared. Okay, so Wendy, a couple of questions that I had that I would be interested in knowing if you had any insight on was: first of all, am I going to have any more babies? Mm-hmm. Do you want to know everything, guys, or do you want me to smooth it over a little bit for you? Oh, I don't know. Oh, Whatever shit, you that sounds scary. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I told you I was nervous. All right. just <laughs> Yep, let's just hit it with us. Come on. It's going to make great radio. It could be just the worst thing we ever hear. Let's go. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> um, I actually think your um, baby-making days are, are over, but I do feel like you're going to have a lot of responsibility based with other people's children that are naturally warm to you. You have a great rapport with kids, even though you talk about them a lot in different ways. Um, They're just going to want to be around you. So I don't feel that you might want to be making any more babies, but I do feel it's going to be positive in another way. Well, I actually like that, Wendy, because I'm going going off the idea of having another baby. I've had a pretty tumultuous week and I'm thinking, yeah, maybe you're you're right. Oh, my God. You've got so much to give the world, you know. You've got so much to give us women. So have a think about that, where you want your energy to go, Okay. Right, oh and my my second yes. question, Wendy, was what is the big le- the next big lesson I need to learn? Yeah, so when I'm sensing you, you're actually a very sensitive person inside yourself. All the mm. other stuff is on the top, which is brilliant for what you're about to do. Um, I feel that you need to whoever you meet now, it's the lesson is judgment and trust, and you really got to go with what warns you first. So okay. if you meet someone and you feel happy, la, 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 go straight with that. If the mm-hmm. red flag comes up, Connie, straight away, ditch into the curb. Okay. That's the okay. next lesson, judgment I'm and pre- I'm pretty good like that usually. I do, um, I do feel people out quite easily. And sometimes, Wendy, this might sound a bit stupid to most people. But You're talking to I me. Think, <laughs> I do <laughs> tend to wear, somebody once said to me, when you have sharks swimming around you, you need to wear turquoise. It keeps them away. Oh, and I've, I put turquoise on when I feel like people are coming at me because people come at me all the time with heaps of ideas. And you don't want to close everybody off, but at the same time, I have been mm. sort of almost conned before and had mm. people come to me. And, you know, so sometimes I do don a bit of turquoise just to keep people mm. away. So I'm going to have to rely a little bit more on my gut after speaking to you, I think. Well, I think you need turquoise undies. Now, turquoise oh, undies. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, does that mean that I'm sleeping with the wrong person? No, <laughs> you silly. I actually see um, a lot of people worldwide coming to you, not just Australia. So use your good judgment, okay, that okay. you've had previously. Okay, That's thank my you advice so much. To you. Also, you're going to get a lot of money coming to you, Con, so you need oh, to direct God. it into the, oh, into the energies you want it to. And there's a little yep. bit of salvation in there that you're going to set up so you can give away also. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to build I more know. houses for Rafiki. Mm-hmm. Maybe when you said to me that I'm not going to have any more of my own babies because I play a big part in other babies, I thought about Rafiki. Yeah, I did too, actually. Yeah, because we do consider them our babies. What is it? Sorry? Rafiki is a charity that I work for. Yes. And it is um, have a lot sexually more abused kids in Kenya. Yeah, great. That's, that's my passion. Mm. So that's Aww. where you need to head with your money, okay, Dal? That's where I'm going with my money. They don't let me go anywhere else with my money, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) And keep on keeping on. And you need to know you're doing a good job because you speak it real. Proud of you. Oh, thanks, Wendy. Thank you.
Right, Annalise, come into my lair. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, I'm ready for you, Wendy. So Listen, my, there is a... Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to let you go. Yeah, you just go. You, you, you yeah. just do your thing. Yeah. So you were asking about a geographical move on the cards. Yes. Um, yes, there is. There's a choice to be made within two years. But you have you got a um, – I don't really know who you are, I'm sorry. Do you have sure. children? I do, yes. And do you have a fair-haired one? I do. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the move needs to be counteracted with what their needs are as your child. Oh. So there's a question mark around a child with this move. Like, is it the best thing? Do they need to stay here a bit longer? But there is an opportunity to do so within two years. So the answer is yes, but watch the child with that move. Oh, that makes me really sad. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it can be a positive thing. Oh, oh maybe it's a positive thing. thing. No, I think it's just because I, I, when I did recently move states, my eldest, who's not the fairest head one, really struggled. And it took yeah. him about a year. And so the yeah. thought of moving kids again does raise some yeah. anxiety around that. Mm, yeah. So right. I would hold it like a family meeting and, and just mm. get these get Instead it all of out. Instead a family argument. You also asked about the postal vote for my lovely gays, yes, my lovely gay people out there. And I just want to say this is actually now a human rights problem in my energy. I, I just feel... We are just treating them so badly. Yeah. And I feel that this needs to be passed. They're showing me that there will be two votes or two referendums, not one. And the problem is with church and state, there's, when I look at it, there's a big hard line with church and state in Australia, and that's why it hasn't gone forward. I do believe I see everyone clapping and going yay. Mm-hmm. So I do believe it will get passed, but it's not over yet. So everyone has to get on board, everybody. Yeah, definitely. And, as- and I just think it's disgusting in this day and age that there's a minority that can't get married because of who they choose to love. I mean, it's just the use in my book. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, we can get angry. Yes. Yeah, I get angry. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. So how I feel about those. Great. Thank you so much. And there's nothing else that's sort of popped in because I know you're also a medium, as, a medium as well. Nothing else has sort of popped up with chatting with us. Um, not that I can pick up right now, no, but okay. I'm very excited about your guys' futures. You're both going to do extremely well, and there's a lot of laughing in the future together as well Aww. in places outside of Australia. Oh, wow. yes. yes. Finally, we get to go to Croatia together. Yeah. Queen's going All to national. Right. <laughs> we can go and have too. affairs in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, you're, you're coming. <laughs> you need to come with us to help us make the right decisions. <laughs> Yay. Always on board to call people like you too. Wendy, what's the name of your business? So if anybody else feels like they need a reading after hearing this, they can go to you. Yeah, it's wendywoslebrooks.com.au, but if you just Google Wendy Gold Coast Clearwine, I'll come straight up. Oh, yes, great. because I saw you awesome. can, You even do readings over Skype and all sorts of things. I was having I, a look, which is yeah. perfect. Yes. Been doing it for years, Skype oh. around the world. Love wow. the new technology. Awesome, mm. Wendy. That's mm. great. Thank, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. That's fine, and keep up with the good work, and never be scared of people like us. We're only okay. here to help. We're You're really scary. When you've got when you've got bad karma like me and Annalise, you don't want to talk to psychics. I think you're redoing your karma now. I think your karma's going to be all right. Oh, thank you, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Okay, love. Keep Take it up. Take care. Bye. Bye. This is the Queen Sesh. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I never mean to, but I tend happened to go viral for being an absolute 
idiot and bitching about my teacher's chalk milk saga. Mm. And I don't ever read, I try not to read comments from other websites, you know, other news sites that share stories about me. I usually I read the first couple just to see what the sentiment is. Mm. It's always negative. (laughs) (laughs) I then go on about my day with a bit of anxiety. But I told Annalise that maybe we should give them a little shout out. Mm. Maybe we should say, you know, hey, like we're here, we're listening. You're not talking, it's not... (laughs) Your hateful, nasty comments aren't landing on deaf ears. Yeah. And um, I mean, Annalise have trolled through some oh. of the... We, we've, we've left out the really nasty ones it, because absolutely. you don't want to give that the kind of... You don't want to give that air time. No, there was... There was some really disgusting, disgusting comments um, that I read and I, I wish I hadn't because I, I, I've said this to you before, Con, I just, I don't read comments on um, particularly women's sites, you know, yeah. articles, not just about you, about anyone else. I just don't read the comments no. because it's always negative and I feel like any time you read that, what I experienced was anxiety. Someone said to me recently, a blogger came to me- message me and she said, I'm getting like lots of hateful messages, what can you've got, any advice? And I said, well, the only advice... I've got for you is if you're pissing off the internet, I think you're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know? Okay, you so know? do you know what I noticed, Con? So I did all these searches, and the articles from say a year ago, there was a couple of mean comments, and mostly positive. And mm. as you've got more successful. Mm-hmm. That's when I clock. noticed yeah. the yeah. hate yeah. clocked up, which is totally. just so irritating because. You know, Absolutely. a woman's doing well, let's just bring her down. I know. And, you know, I spoke to a PR chick about it and she said to me, Con, there was nothing that you could have done differently. No. You haven't gotten up yourself. You haven't gotten too big for your boots. You haven't be- become everywhere. You're not on billboards. You're not, <laughs> you know, like on people's TVs. You're not, you haven't done anything. There was nothing you could have done to get to your level of success without everybody just to suntate you. So I was just like, all right, cool, because I haven't changed who I am. I've been the same person since, you know, day dot. But, yeah, we came across some pretty funny ones. <laughs> Yeah, we, um, we brought up some good ones. Yeah, yeah I, I, we've chosen not to share their names. I don't know why. We could have oh. given them a little a little plug for whatever they were trying to promote no, at the time. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> the first one was, she is enough to give even diarrhoea the <laughs> <laughs> No, that's kind of, kind of clever. Yeah, I like that. I like fun. it. The second one was, the only thing I've heard from this woman is, if you want to consider yourself a queen, all you need to do is lose your hairbrush. I find my haters are very invested in my hair. Mm. Very invested. It's every single article there's a comment on my yep. hair. Maybe there's a bit of sponsorship from like Hair Mart or <laughs> Hair House Warehouse or I don't know, like Pantene or something coming my way. Yeah, they could do like a makeover. Yeah. But oh my the, God, we But you did share a photo once. You said, to all my haters, this is why I don't brush my hair. I know. And it was a massive frizz bomb. Huge. The third one, is there a reason she hasn't brushed her hair, like, ever? Well, we just addressed that. <laughs> she can't brush it because it becomes a giant hovering I have mess. To, <laughs> to be fair, I have to address this every single morning when I'm telling my daughter to brush her hair. She's going, but you don't. And then she went to school with naughty hair and one of the kids said, you've got naughty hair. And she goes, look at my mum. Look at my brother. Look at my stepdad. <laughs> it's like, hello, we come from a family of knots. Anyway, thank you, haters. Hang on, wait, Con, there is one that I actually found which... I didn't like the first part of it, but the second part I kind of warmed to. It was, Constance drives me insane. Have been unfortunate to hear her radio show on a Sunday morning hmm, in my my car on my preset radio station. Annalise sounds lovely. (laughs) 
that Constance makes my ears bleed. <laughs> well, maybe you're enough to keep her listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, babe. It's all for you. The Queen Sesh. All right, this is just a little shout out to our pod queens and a little extra for you that Con wanted to tease me about today. <laughs> Annalise <laughs> sent me a text message the other day because we don't live in the same state anymore. Mm-hmm. Thank God because <laughs> she was hungover. Annalise hungover mm. is, you, no one deserves that. The wrath mm. of hungover Annalise. She is the laziest slob mm. you will ever meet. She sent me a photo of herself hungover <laughs> and I just thought, oh, thank God I live in the sticks. My God. She even, what did you put on Facebook? You even did a status update about how, sorry, I'm just like mid burp trying oh. to talk around. <laughs> You can't choose when a burp comes up. No. You wrote a status on Facebook about your hung- hangover and I just... Sh- it was a, a sh- Actually, it was a shout out to ask people to text my sister <laughs> to please, please beg her to make me a cup of tea. Because I, I can't just, believe that she didn't. Poor uh, Mish. Mm. I'd like to do a shout out to Mish having to live with you during <laughs> your hangovers. I remember I used to come home from work and I'd be like, where's our other flatmate? Like, where, where's Mel? And Annalise would just look down and I'd be like, I am literally the only person on earth that Annalise can't pu- push around. <laughs> when it was her wedding, her, our friends used to go, Come, oh, we really need to get this out of Annalise, but no, we're all too scared. Can you ask her? <laughs> so I, I, I consider myself like the justice police when Annalise is bullying people. And I'm like, Annalise, where's Mel? And she just looked down and I said, where's Mel? And she was like... <laughs> She's at the server getting me chocolate. <laughs> that's that's what it's like living with her. What do I have to pay you to make me a friggin' toasted cheese and tomato? Yeah, I know. Mm. Well, do you know what? I'm actually for my and I this this was a particularly severe one, and I don't honestly I cannot the drama. I, I cannot have children and be this hungover all the time. This was a one-off. Can't tell. That was the last me last time. weekend that I told you about. That was me. Yeah, I can't yeah. tell you the last time I was this bad. You know, yeah. I, usually it's a little Panadol coffee. Get on with the day. This was. Yeah. I was a walrus on yeah. the couch. When you feel like you've been poisoned. My husband said to me, "Is there anything that you're happy about right now?" And I said, "My dressing gown." <laughs> <laughs> So I'll leave you with that beautiful vision. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening, ladies. This is the Queen Sesh.